knowing how to make money is not an indicator that you should quit your job. What's going on, people? Like to welcome y'all to another episode of the Balu Campaign Podcast. This is the first episode we're dropping. So shout out to Black History Month, because you know what I'm saying? We just hit February. Time to celebrate people that look like us. Um, Happy Black History Month, my brother. Same to you, my brother. Same to you. For sure, man. So, we're blackity black black this month. Because that's all the time. That ain't just this month. Nah, but I, I came I saw this. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, you saw that? Was, yeah, the little post. It was like, I'm black every month, but this month I'm super black. I feel like <laughs> you should be super black all the time if that's who you are, but... For sure. That's for another discussion. You know them posts just be going crazy just because they yeah, go Yeah, that crazy. was funny though. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that sounds like something from a Spike Lee movie. Word. But yeah, man. So you here with your host, Nate and Dan. How you feeling today, Nate? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good today. Uh, today's been somewhat of a productive day. Yeah. What about yourself? I'm feeling great, as you can tell. <laughs> Our man got energy. Yes, I do. My I man was singing crash. like... like huh? he, I said you were singing R&B slow jams to yeah, your girl in the corner over there. What are you talking about? I peeped. <laughs> Nate, let's keep this professional. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, so for this podcast um, episode, we're going to be discussing the latest article which dropped, which is entitled... Oh, going back to corporate. That's right. I have to let, him, let y'all hear it in his voice because it's told in his perspective. Um, but it's a, it's a subject matter that's relevant to both of us at this current time. And mm-hmm. even like a lot of people outside of, you know what I'm saying, just us too. So it's pretty cool. So what's your, what was your intention with writing this and what's your intention, um, in terms of with this podcast episode, what do you want to get across as we're able to, you feel mm-hmm. me, break down the words that are in the blog post? For sure. So I would say for me, it was really to capture the moment, uh, being in being an entrepreneur and out the corporate game for this past the past sixteen months, okay, I wanted to capture that in this article to one remind myself of the lessons that I learned during this journey. Yes, sir. So that next time when I decide to hop back out the game, I can reflect on this and say, "Hey, Nate, these are the lessons you learned. Make sure you went. You're not making those same mistakes this next time around, and also, of course." For other people out there who plan on making that jump from corporate to mm-hmm. entrepreneurship, yeah. to give them some game on like how to do it the right way um, and not make some of the st- mistakes that I made during my journey. Cool, cool, cool. So let's get into it. Going back to corporate. Yes, sir. Released soon. No, recently. Excuse me. And let's go. So... First thing that stands out is we have a image of Marshawn Lynch, mm-hmm. and you started off with his quote and what he said, and you know what I'm saying in that short interview, yep. where he just spoke on the importance of taking care of yourself, taking care of your future self while you're presently in the midst of you know what I'm saying creating and earning, yep. um, making sure that once you do retire, once you are. You know what I'm saying? Older and you can't produce and perform as you used to, that you set up a good foundation that's able to take care of you mm-hmm. and provide for you and yours. So you're not, you know, stressing and and messed up. For sure. Yeah. So with that, we get into the article. 
So I'm gonna skip the entire part. Is that okay? With the you? intro. Yeah. Or you you feel? Like uh, I just want to highlight one thing. Okay. I'll um, give it to you. So I would say, you know, when I first left corporate, mm-hmm. man, I thought I would never go back. I was like, man, I'm out the game for good. Seriously. Right? I mean, I didn't. It's not that I didn't think I'll go back, but I didn't. I saw going back as a marker of failure. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, I failed. If I come back. Yeah, if I come back. Okay. But now, you know, like, I don't see, like, I used to have this idea of, like, all right, being free from a man, that means, Mm -hmm. like, all right, that I'm successful, right? Yeah. But, like, now it's it's different. Now I see this just as, like, part of my growth process. Mm -hmm. And my new market is just now understanding what my gift is Mm -hmm. and, like, being able to use my gift to to monetize my gift in a way okay so, so basically more like purpose driven for sure for yeah. sure and understand and being fueled by that purpose like mm-hmm. finding time to focus on your gifts and talents yeah to the point where i don't want to say it makes life bearable but it makes whatever you have to endure outside of it okay for sure and it's like I think sometimes, like, I I got too caught up in trying to be, to get out of the system Mm -hmm. that I didn't take advantage and leverage the system system. as much as I could have while I was in there. Okay. So, uh, I think that's just a big part of the corporate, you know what I'm saying, experience. It's about, of course, not being used and being a pawn, but coming to the table and saying, "Hmm, okay, you're going to use me. And I'm gonna use you, Facts. and we're gonna walk. And and at the end of the day, we're gonna walk away like, shake hands. Hey, you got what you want, and I got what I wanted. Yeah, you walk away as equals for sure. Yeah, Facts. You feel like you just got used and discarded. Because mm-hmm. I think that's really one of the main things. And it's kind of funny to hear you speak on um, what your marker was, because we never spoke on that. But like my personal marker is going back to the same place was failure. Hmm. But to you, yours was just returning, period. So, For like, sure. when I did set, my whole thing was, and I, that's something that I applied to, like, a lot of things in, in life. I mm-hmm. don't know if it's, it's probably held me back a couple of times, but, oh, I'm still here, so I ain't, I ain't complaining. But it's just, like, when I walk away from something, like, I sit down with myself, I'm like, we're never, ever going back. Like, we would die <laughs> before we go back. <laughs> Seriously. For sure. So, when I walked away from, you know saying, my gig, it was that. It wasn't that I would have never returned to this space and be an employee again, but it was just that I would never be an employee for y'all ever. Mm-hmm. I would die. And it's kind of crazy because when I walked away, they hit me with the open, you know what I'm saying, the open arms. You mm-hmm. say it was like cool. It was like, you know what I'm saying, if you if it don't work out, you can holler at me. I was like, yeah, for sure. I'm like, man, I'm not hollering at you. Yeah, right. <laughs> man, I'm like, man, if you hear from me, I'm dead. For <laughs> it's sure. It's not because I'm trying to come back. For sure. For <laughs> you sure. feel me? But yeah, yeah, go go ahead. ahead. I was gonna say one of the things during this recent transition, like in terms of looking at opportunities that you told me, you were like, Nate, uh, even if you're going back to corporate, you're going back a different person. And I was like, Yeah, that's real. Because it's true. Oh my mama. And what's different? Who me? Uh just even how I view myself as a professional, Mm -hmm. uh my how I see my worth just with a greater understanding of the value I can provide. Mm-hmm. And especially in the consultant space, right? Uh, especially with working, doing the projects 
that we do. I was talking to my homie Brenton yesterday. I was like, you know, um, now as an entrepreneur, I've gone from the pitching phase, pitching a client, mm. to the creation slash execution, to the giving the the final deliverable to the final step is asking for more work, right? Mm -hmm. I've been in consulting, that's literally the phase, right? Yeah. You go from trying to get a project to delivering the project to, yo, we think we can help you out with some more stuff. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we along the way. So now that I've gone, most people in my age haven't been able to go through that entire process, especially now on their own, right? Okay. They're, they may only be part of the execution phase for the mm. majority part. They're not part of the pitching, execution. Of course, like part of somewhat presenting the deliverable, but yeah. they're not, they're not really on the, the business. Yeah, all. the yeah. strategy and having to manage the client relationship mm -hmm. and being comfortable talking money mm -hmm. and asking for more work and pitching and all that stuff. So yeah. with that being said, it's like, hey, you can't look at me like I'm a regular associate or a regular senior associate, right? Like, I have a skill set, I have an experience that is valuable and above a lot of my peers. Mm -hmm. So you have to compensate me and treat me as such. Stick <laughs> talk in the words of two. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that's hard, though. That's gangster. And you feel like it was worthwhile? Oh, yeah, like... The what I've learned over the past sixteen months, man, I probably would have not learned that in sixteen months at my old job. Like it probably would have taken me at least two, three, four, you know what I'm saying, four or five years to grow in the way and how much like honestly, like my old job, PWC, it feels like five years ago. Just how much I've had to evolve as a person. Mm -hmm. That feels like so long ago. You know what I'm saying? Even yeah. though it's only been 16 months. You know, it's only... For sure. That's not that. That's not a crazy amount of time. But no. in terms of growth, yeah, it is. It has been. Hmm. Okay. So let's get into the article now. Mm -hmm. We start off with... So basically, this is like a Nate's Declassified Survival Guide for hopping out of the, the corporate space and moving to entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. but doing it in a way where your ducks are in a row. For sure. Let's go. Let's start. What's this? Episode one? Yeah. <laughs> episode one is financial tips. Yeah. So but I would say before we get into that. So, All right. Season one. Go ahead. So they're broken up into the five uh, BYU pillars. Mm -hmm. So first, finance. Second, we go to emotional. Third, we go to mental slash intellectual, mm -hmm. fourth, spiritual, and then finally physical. physical yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, go All ahead. Right. So, we'll start with the emotional pillar. Ooh, excuse me. The financial pillar. Mm -hmm. And the main gist of that is control your expenses and also reduce your expenses. Mm -hmm. So, there's like a saying... Or it's not even a saying, but it's a speech. I don't know who gave that speech. It was one Bro, of I was stuff. still trying to figure out. Yeah, I asked my I don't dad. Know if he it didn't was know. Zig Ziglar. Because I know I've watched it before. Mm -hmm. I think it, because it, it, it had to be one that's about selling. So I think it was yeah. Zig. I think it was Zig. Zig spoke on he got a house he couldn't afford when he mm -hmm. first hopped in the sale. I think it was Zig. But basically, 
the whole premise of that in that speech or that portion of the speech was if you're in this uh if you're in a position where you control how much you're bringing to motivate you to kill more so you can eat more go and get stuff that's out of your price range go get a house that you can't afford go get a car you can't afford go cop a suit you can't afford you feel me? Like the mm-hmm. whole nine yards. You know what I'm saying? Get a Rolex, everything you can't afford. And you're going to be at home like, man, this got to get paid for somehow. So right. I got to go hard. Yeah. Um, We're here to debunk that myth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't say Sorry, it, it works for some people. Yeah, but. for sure. But not the majority. Yeah. Not the majority. And sure. um, yeah, so the best thing to do from the survival guide is to control and reduce your expenses, right? So um, at the end of the day, when you first hop out of the corporate space, the most important thing that you have is your cash on reserve, the yeah. money that you have on reserve. Um, I'm saying you, you could go as far as to say your access to credit, but that's dangerous. That's mm-hmm. a dangerous thing to play with. For sure. And I think uh, the responsibility aspect that comes with playing with credit you know what I'm saying? And having a good projection of how much you're able to bring in. So you're like, all right, if I if I you know what I'm saying use two K on my my credit card or something, mm-hmm. my credit line, I know I'm making like three K this month. So I could pay that off and I'm gonna have a little something. Woo woo woo, cool. But if you just swipe in that joint and you don't have you don't know where your next check coming from. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't have no plan of how you're gonna pay it back. You're not on top of like how it's affecting your credit score. Woo, woo, woo. Like you just just wilding. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth it. For sure. So overall, the gist is to reduce your expenses yep. and have a very take a very conservative approach. Yeah, conservative. That's that's what I was conservative. That's not so, the word I was looking for that take it, but go ahead. For sure, because like the example I put in the was I was still paying my student loans, right? Mm-hmm. And that was something I could have deferred. For sure. You know what I'm saying? So I would say my recommendation would be reduce your expenses as much as you can mm-hmm. um, for at least that first year, right? Yeah. So you can get, because the entrepreneurship game, like it has its highs and its lows. And you never know in that first year, you're really not sure how low the lows will go. For sure. You know what I mean? So, oh, and they come. <laughs> and they come, right? So to one, make sure you have the cash reserves. And two, be, be getting in a space where you're comfortable and can really understand what your earning potential is and mm-hmm. how much you can earn per month and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, reduce your expenses that first year. Like cut all ties before right when you leave you know what i'm saying yeah um that would be my recommendation okay and uh just just you personally what do you mm-hmm. wish what do you think is a good amount to have on reserve prior to walking out are you a three month a six month a year or a two year uh honestly i think i wouldn't because this is the thing right mm-hmm. if you're minimizing your expenses technically what could be your three month could be your six month, right? Okay. But I would say um In terms of reserve. For 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 your regular expenses, right? Which mm-hmm. you would regularly use to have your lifestyle, I would say at least try to have six months. Yeah, and then least. reduce that. Because 
reduce what your actual expenses will be. Yeah, yeah. it is end up stretching over six months. It will stretch oh, wow. over because and because you never know, random expenses pop up. Man, yes, they do. And when you're not making money, money goes fast. Yes, faster. It does. <laughs> money goes out quicker than it comes in. Oh yes, it does. Because boy. Do I know how to blow a bag? <laughs> All right, future. Hey, stop. Hey, stop. Hey, but we were responsible. That was young. We were younger. We were very responsible now. For sure. So the next one is to have ways to get paid. That's the most important thing. So when there's no money, <clears throat> excuse me, when there's no money coming in, um, at least from a sense of security, which you receive from having a job, you feel mm-hmm. me? You have to be able to generate income somehow. Yep. So let's say you're providing a service-based business. That's a, that's one stream that could generate some income, but that could slow down. Mm-hmm. So let's say you you have a product that's something that could generate income. And if you own certain assets, depending on how they're set up, they could also generate income and keep you going. So the next thing you focus on after you cut down your expenses and you're saying you look at how much you're going to be spending each month and such, it's like, okay, how can I bring the money in? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let you speak on these uh, forms of investments and things that people could do. So the cash flow? Set up, yeah, okay. the cash flow. Yeah, so the second uh, under the finan- financial section is cash flow producing assets. And, you know, one of the, one of the quotes under that is cash flow gives you freedom but appreciation gives you wealth, right? Mm-hmm. And really what I was I was trying to explain in that section is that I, you know, being first generation, right, and always like, man, like I'm going to be the one to save my family. Like I, sure. I want to create wealth, you know what I'm saying, generational wealth, you know, legacy, all that type of stuff, you know. And um. I knew I wasn't going to be able to do that in corporate America. So I was like, all right, I got to get out of here because for for in corporate America, all you can usually do is take care of yourself and your kids at most. You may be able to help out your folks, your parents, maybe a little bit, but at the most, you can take care of your kids, your your spouse, your immediate family. Yeah, your immediate family. And I was like, man, that's not enough. So I was like, I need to hop into entrepreneurship. But the mistake I made was that I try to go from corporate to wealth building, right? And the real step is from corporate to uh, freedom to wealth. And what that essentially means is that before you can really generate wealth, you first have to have freedom. Mm -hmm. And you get freedom by having cash flow producing as uh, investments. Mm -hmm. Uh, so So I got the quote from a video I watched from this real estate guy from bigger pockets and he talked about how you know there's two basically two different investment strategies mm-hmm. you can invest in like re- he was talking about how like some of the top real estate investors who are ogs in the game they all say appreciation 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 like buy buy location 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 for real estate so buy in the best location with the best schools good properties blah 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 mm-hmm. And over 10, 20 years, 30 years, you'll be, be good. Something. It'll be worth something, right? Yeah. Versus buying like in, let's say, the Midwest uh, and getting rental income, cash flow, producing 
properties where you're getting like let's say a thousand dollars a month but you're not getting that much appreciation mm-hmm. they're saying over the long term appreciation assets are worth it mm-hmm. but what the guy said was that in the short term he was saying that those in the short term those cash flow producing assets is what gave him freedom that's what allowed him to leave his job mm-hmm. so he's saying hey even though in the long term appreciation assets are gonna get generate you wealth you have to have freedom first. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I wouldn't have been able to left my job if I would invest in a property I was in a good location and I was betting on appreciation because I wouldn't have been able to generate any income. For sure. So I say all that to say, um, if you're trying to hop out the corporate game, like one of my mistakes was I was investing in a lot of uh, appreciation-based assets whether it was crypto, whether it was a stock market. Mm-hmm. And when things got tight, I had to sell some of those. Yeah. Right. Because they weren't generating cash flow. Mm-hmm. And like at the end of the day, like I lost, I'm losing money because I'm not getting, it's not going to benefit me as much as it would today, as it would 30, like let's say 20 years from now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, one of my mistakes was not being so considerate, concerned about the long term and mm-hmm. building wealth. That I wasn't concerned about the short term and creating freedom for myself. Mm-hmm. So what are some examples of income generating, um, cash flow generating mm-hmm. investments that you feel like are good to look at for, let's say, you know I'm saying, somebody who was thinking of. Who didn't like have nowhere to start? What was mm-hmm. some something that you would say to look at? I mean, honestly, my biggest thing I would say is real estate. Mm-hmm. And it's like you don't only you don't have to be the one who's running, doing every investing in all the properties for yourself, right? For like sure. you can link up with some friends, someone who you may know who's in real estate, say, Hey, like you're investing in properties, you're getting rental properties and stuff like that. Let me tie up some money with you yeah. and I get a piece of the rent, rental income check. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If you don't want to be super active and super involved yeah. in the business, uh, there's ways to do that. Um, I think, of course, there's other ways, but to me, that's probably the number one way, mm-hmm. um, I would say, personally. Cool. Um, another thing that I, I think is pretty cool to generate some um cash flow is that one thing i noticed with a lot of talent or a lot of skills right Mm -hmm. like so two things we spoke on this like earlier this week was i remember it was last week actually i said Mm -hmm. you treat you treat what you're doing different when you label it as either a business or a side hustle you move it differently right just because you know i'm saying it's you're saying there's power and words and it's just you have a different type of accountability and connection to what you're doing, depending on how you define it, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like side hustle, to some, it's like a throwaway. For sure. It doesn't really matter, you feel me? But if you're like, oh, I'm trying to build a business, it's like, okay, I'm trying to build something that can scale. Let me not mm-hmm. play with it. Um, another thing is that with a lot of the talents that most people have, you we, I think we should all focus on looking at ways to create um, licensable licensable um, mm-hmm. products. For sure. Because with those, you know what I'm saying, you're able to eat off of them, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, if you have 
a cookbook, it's one thing to sell your cookbook on Amazon and you're making, you know what I'm saying, whenever somebody buys it, you're making money. That's a good thing too. But you can also accompany that by having um, a deal where it's like a monthly joint. You can have like an active pay pay based joint, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know, like it's like kind of like a Patreon. Subscription, yeah. yeah, or like a like a OnlyFans for your cooking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For sure. And that those subscription based um pay pay methods, mm-hmm. if you're able to get enough, garnish enough attention, provide enough value, yeah. those could take care of you too. You for sure. that could also be another flow that you know what I'm saying could help you sustain. Mm-hmm. So I think just thinking of ways where it's like, okay, I have this skill, I have this talent, and I want to put this creation out. How can I turn into a product? How can mm-hmm. I productize it? And you know what I'm saying? And what are different um maybe unorthodox mm-hmm. um payment methods that I could use or different orthodox ways that I could, you know what I'm saying, release this item in ways that it keeps making me money. For sure. Cause I think with everything that I won't say everything, but with a lot of things that we do, especially like our young generation who's like hustling and bustling. And we're creating like a lot of stuff outside of our nine to fives and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's like a lot of things that you could look into, opportunities you could look into where you could license what you're creating, whether mm-hmm. it be a photographer could license like his pack that he mm-hmm. uses to edit his pictures. For sure. You feel me? A videographer could license like some of his templates. You mm-hmm. feel me? Whoop de whoop. Those are just some examples. Yeah. And I think you made an important point that I really want to highlight is there's a difference between like, like you mentioned, like having a Patreon where people are, it's a subscription race product mm-hmm. and selling the ebook and book, right? Yeah. Because an ebook, even though it's a product and it's not tied to your time, people only buy that one time. Fact. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a one time purchase. Yeah. Whereas a subscription based product is reoccurring. You're, mm-hmm. That's reoccurring income that you're getting from the different people who are uh, subscribing to whatever service you're providing. For sure. Uh, because one thing I learned, like learning, knowing how to make money is not an indicator that you should quit your job. Oh, God. <laughs> I tell you, bro, because, I mean, one of the things is, during this journey, I did learn how to make money on my own. I know how to make money on my own, for mm-hmm. sure. But just know, because you know how to make money, that doesn't mean, like, you have you the rich. sustainability to maintain your lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, so that's all, that's my or even two like cents. the discipline that's required. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Because you could bust that check, you know I'm saying, a couple one-off times, but for you sure. bust that consistently. Mm-hmm. At that same level, you feel mm-hmm. me? I think that's really the main thing. It's not sure. it's not what you're able to do once in a while, it's what you could do consistently. That's that's what you should focus yeah. on more. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that's where you have more sustainability mm-hmm. when you double down on it. You know what I'm saying? For sure. I agree. So we move to the next one, the next P, which is the emotional aspect. Yep. And you want me to summarize this one? Uh which one? Are you ready for what comes with with it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You could. All right. So basically, before this guy hopped out of the game, I remember you hit me up one day. You're like, yeah, bruh. Da-da-da-da. I'm ready to leave. I'm like, oh, God. 
And I was like, but that's receptive because you was like kind of like terrible leading up to it, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. I mean, this probably was the best for him. Um, so I, I just said, I said, I was like, man, you know, I support you. Whatever you do, bro. I just got one question. Are you ready for what comes with it? Are you ready for what it takes? Mm-hmm. And when I asked you that, I was speaking more towards like the work that you were going to have to put in, right? Because mm-hmm. when you were leaving, you're like, yeah, bro, full fledged. I'm doing real estate. I was like, all right, bet. You know, you mm-hmm. can't play with it though, right? Like sure. it's going to, it's going to stretch you. Are you ready to be stretched in that way? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I was like, all right, cool. Bet. He going to be straight down. Oop-de-woop. But the thing that you weren't prepared for was all the other aspects of your being mm-hmm. that also got stretched and got tested. For sure. Um, Cause you know what I'm saying? It's easy to get one, to develop a one track mind yeah. when you're approaching something. Maybe mm-hmm. you're going to go play, give me, give me something. Football. You're going to go play football. You're going to think, okay, football requires jumping, running, a uh, good vision, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Good reading of plays and uh, uh, a physical prowess or whatever, right? For sure. Okay. Then you didn't think about the fact that it requires mental toughness. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It requires discipline. Mm-hmm. It requires getting up and going to the gym when you don't feel like it. For sure. It requires bodily pain. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it requires finding that last breath when you feel like you don't have no more air in your lungs, but you got to find it somehow to make that play mm-hmm. or else, you know what I'm saying, it's all over. Like, it's easy to forget all the other things that are required when you're approaching something, right? Because yeah. you could get so excited about yeah. what you're doing. And I think that's the thing where we talk about it. We talk about this a lot when we're approaching sales calls, which is like, maintain your excitement. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, maintain your excitement because you get so excited that you betray yourself. For sure. So um, with you being in it or whatever, 16 months later, um, how was your emotional aspect of your being stretched by this journey? Yeah. To sure. summarize it. Let's not go into too in depth. Yeah. I mean, man, going in, I was, I, the emotional side was not something I considered at all. Mm-hmm. I'll be hands down. Same like similar to yourself, I was just like, man, I'm prepared for the late nights, early mornings. Right. I'm going to work, work, work. Let's and get it. it. Yeah, let's, like, that, let's get it. No days off. <laughs> no days off, right? Right. Um, But the emotional side, man, I was stretched a lot, bro. And we'll, we'll get into it as we go through the different, uh, the three different, re- the three different parts of it. Yeah. But yeah, man, I was I was stretched a lot. Um, but it's made me a better person. Okay. So let's get into the first one. Mm-hmm. Cry, don't complain. Mm-hmm. My boy Eric Thomas said, Don't cry to give up. Cry to keep going. Don't cry to quit. You're already in pain. You're already hurt. Get a reward from it. That's something that I, I remember when I first heard that. I was like, Yeah. That last part, that you get a reward from it. Mm-hmm. Well, I said that to so many people in real life <laughs> conversations. For sure. Like, I think, but the thing is, back then, I wanted that, like, I wasn't that much. Uh, empathetic? Uh, yeah, I wasn't that empathetic. So I probably said it at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm You probably bawling your eyes. I was like, man, you need to get a reward from this. Probably, you know what I'm saying? I could have waited a couple minutes, let you, let you calm down. For sure. So if anybody who's listening that I hit you with that, my bad. You know, I ain't know no better. Yeah. But it's all good, though. You you probably doing better now, so it's straight. <laughs> but yeah, 
cry, don't complain. Mm-hmm. What 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 is that? What's the experience that was in that? Was the lesson that was in that? Yeah, for sure. So it was something like in writing this article, I saw like myself early in my journey. You know, if something went wrong. Let's say I lost a deal yeah. or something. I lost some money. Man, I could start complaining for a couple of days. Well, you, you was know? emotional. Yeah, for sure, man. Like, I would let one bad thing, like, even though it may be something I've been working on for weeks or something. Yeah, it's still would, significant. It was, it was significant, but I would let it consume that day and maybe even the next few days, right? Yeah. But- as my journey progressed, it went from like let's say three, four days to like one or two days. For sure. And now it's like, man, it's just a moment. Mm-hmm. And I've transitioned from complaining about things to like if I'm feeling overwhelmed emotionally, and I got I may just shed a few real one tears, mm-hmm. and then just keep it moving because what I realize is like you know. You have to release that energy in some capacity. For sure. Like you can't hold on to those emotions like when you've lost a deal or some something taking some type of L, so, taking an L, right? Yeah. Um and in my opinion like crying is cleansing for your soul while complaining is toxic. Mm-hmm. Um complaining is poison. It is. It is. And so like for myself, you know, I, I shared an example, like, you know, I shed a few real and tears for during one song. The next song, I was like, I, you know what I'm saying, got myself together, turned off the music, got right back to work. And I'm like, I right, bet, like, we're going to keep it moving. And it's like, you have, one, you have to allow yourself to have those moments. But, and now I allow myself to have those moments mm-hmm. instead of just like complaining about it for weeks and, uh, wasting time because that's inefficient yeah facts it's like it's better to just however you feel about crying or whatever it's better to just let it out in that five minutes or however you need than spend five days because that's just inefficient yeah in my in my personal opinion mm-hmm. like and just be inefficient like because time is money yeah and so yeah like i got right back to work and just kept it moving so that's that's my take on the cry, don't complain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's always good to find your form. Everyone has like a form of release that works for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? For some people, it might be putting your face in a pillow and just yelling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You might have to scream it out. Some people might have to go go for the, one of them crazy man jogs when you go jogging at like <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> Everybody like, what's wrong with cuz? But it's like, man, you know you know why you're doing it. You know for you're sure. clearing your mind. You easing your, your stress. For Some sure. people might paint, draw. I feel like anything that's not destructive mm-hmm. is like, it's good. You just, cause I mean, some people may not be open to letting them tears, you know what I'm saying, come out a couple of times, but just it's always good to find out your form of release, what works for you and mm-hmm. what's able to get you back in the headspace to keep fighting. Because at the end of the day, all the time that you spend not fighting, not even one of those stupid, like, uh, somebody else is fighting, so you should be fighting too. Like, nobody cares about them, bro. They're going to do what they do. But just in terms of you, what you have and the value you have to provide, you're cheating yourself. It's mm-hmm. not even about the other man. Like, 
forget the other man. I was about to use profanity, but forget the other man. He he don't count. You feel me? It's about you, and you don't want to. You don't want to throw yourself off your route of what you, you know what I'm saying, you should be doing or what you mm-hmm. could be providing just because you're so consumed with something that's just momentary. For sure. So let's move to the next one. And the next one is what you do versus who you are, creating that distinction. We talk about this a lot because that's where we do. Yeah. But go ahead. Oh, you want to uh, go ahead? No, nah, I was just going to say, man, it's important. I mean, yeah, it is. It is. It is. Pers- personally, I think if you can't make this distinction, you're not ready to hop in the entrepreneurship game. I, w- I would suggest not becoming an entrepreneur. Why do you say that? Do you feel like it's a lack of self-awareness? Because I think so to me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in order to be able to get to a place where I was able to make that distinction, I had to understand that my story was had no ties to what I do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What I do was tied into my story, or my story wasn't tied to what I do. Mm-hmm. And it's just understanding that there's... Because you present yourself differently when you understand the difference, mm-hmm. right? You present yourself differently. You're not... When you're, you're in your... When someone's like, oh, so tell me about yourself. Your go-to don't be, well, I do this and I do mm-hmm. that. Like you weave that into your story, yeah. But that's not like the highlight, or that's like, not all you enroll. That's, that's not all, not all you of are. you. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. You you you're able to like communicate that. Like, yeah, I might do this, mm-hmm. but that's not all to me. You can't just sit here and be like, oh, he told me what he do. I already know the type of time he on. It's like, nah, you don't. You feel me? Um, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So I mean, the reason I say that is because like in entrepreneurship, you're gonna. It's an uphill battle. You're going to face rejection. And when you, what you do is tied to who you are, you're going to run from that rejection. Um, and that's that's something I didn't realize I was doing in some capacity, right? Yeah. Like, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. No, no, no. I'm going to keep my comments to myself. <laughs> I just hold them till the end. <laughs> so, like, one of the things... I had mentioned um, in the article. In the article, and we've talked. About, I've talked about this prior on the podcast. How, like on my first day, I was supposed to make twenty k. I was sick, fourteen, and I'm making six k. Yeah. Right, and it wasn't until I was writing this article that I realized, like, I never recovered from that moment. Mm-hmm. Like that moment, like I before that, I was moving in abundance mm-hmm. in terms of real estate, big boy. After that. Man, bruh, talk about desperation. Scarcity. <laughs> desperation and scarcity, right? Mindset. Um, because, like, it's like, man, I, I've i already put in my two weeks, and this game has already said, bruh, you're not meant for this. Like, I already got spanked. I was just like, man, bro, like... I've already failed and I, I haven't even left yet. Just getting started. Right? <laughs> like, I couldn't even get this first win. Okay. And <laughs> and I allowed that to consume me. And when it consumed me, it, it prevented me from doing some of the, the work that I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was like, man, I was so afraid of that rejection. Like, I didn't want to confirm to myself, like, hey, maybe Nathan, maybe Nathan, you weren't supposed to leave. Maybe this was a big mistake. Mm-hmm. Maybe like you're not cut out for this. Mm. So 
to prove to myself that I wasn't cut out for it, that I was cut out for it, I would essentially not do things that would challenge me or uh, like bring rejection into my life. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like making cold calls. Yes, sir. I didn't know you was a sucker when it came to cold calls, my brother. Nah, like I I, I did cold calls for some, I did some cold calls, but I know I could have done more. And when I reflect on it, it was like, it was just that fear of, because cold calling, you you may get like one deal every hundred person you call, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, imagine calling a hundred people. One person says, okay, maybe I'll talk to you. And your mom comes home and says, Nate, how was your day? And she's like, she's already doesn't like the fact that you're doing real estate. Mm-hmm. And you got to say, yeah, I got rejected 99 times today. I, I couldn't do that. You know what I'm saying? So I couldn't deal with the pressures that I was already having externally from other people. Yeah. And then it was like pressure from two areas, like external and then like self-inflicted pain by allowing myself to go through rejection Mm. that I experienced from like, let's say cold calling. You know what I mean? Uh, So it was a lot easier to do other things and take other approaches to getting deals and i mean even though it worked because it worked in some capacity but i know i could have done more personally okay so what's your what's your summary of that what's 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 the guide uh survival tip for that um honestly just being able to make that distinction before you leave before before you leave so what if it's what if i'm trying to leave in a year and where i'm at my timeline to get to a place where I could distinguish between the two is two years. You're saying stay them two years? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Personally. Personally. Like, unless you got, I mean, technically, maybe the money, if I hadn't lost that money, <laughs> my bad. If I hadn't lost that money, like, I would have still had that abundance mindset. But technically, you know, money could save you but it doesn't really because at the end of the day if tragedy happens like You'll you resort to your to real you self yeah and that's that's what i was about to say because you said technically the money in my mind i was like because that was not you even if you were moving in abundance mm-hmm. that wasn't you yeah was exactly just, it was like a mask it was the money yeah it was a mask you had something external that was providing that mm-hmm. it wasn't internal and you feel me everything external doesn't exist exactly because once it's taken away from you there you yeah, go, washing away you're, with you're, it. You're just who you was. <laughs> you are who you are, player. Regardless where you go. Yep. So I guess to summarize all of that, I would say get to a place internally where you could distinguish who you are from what you do. And to get to a place where your identity isn't fully dependent upon what you do. So you could perform at a high rate. It's a good step to take prior to hopping in the game. Mm-hmm. The next one, we have 42 minutes, Jesus. The Ooh. next joint is the mental, um, that skips on? The no, self, self, self-talk. Self yeah. All right. And the this is what I like. So there's a quote from Melvin mm-hmm. Noonery. He says, watch how you talk to yourself because you always listen to yourself. And you know what I'm saying? That's very true, especially on them lonely days, them mm-hmm. lonely nights, them lonely months. Where the only voice you're talking, 
you're hearing is yours and the mm -hmm. only person you're dealing with interacting with is you it's easy to get to put yourself down subconsciously for sure and you know what i'm saying get the doubt in yourself and all that other negativity that comes with moving or navigating through a space you know what i'm saying that is a single player game mm -hmm. and i think that's that's the thing is just understanding it's a single player game but also being always searching for a way to maximize mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying your experience for sure um I don't know if you have something to add to that. Yeah, I would just say, like, you know, like you mentioned, the entrepreneurship journey is lonely. Yeah. And, like, the beauty of it is you have time to think. Mm -hmm. But the curse is you have time to think. Yes. <laughs> it's a double whammy. Because <laughs> that thinking can allow you to create beautiful and great things. Mm -hmm. But that thinking can also be detrimental if you start to get in your own head. Right. So my only suggestion would be to really is – like those times where you start getting in your own head is just to meditate. Like have some, some words of affirmation or some phrases that you meditate on. Like all right, or even a song, a song or something, right? That allows you to say, okay, this is this is who I am. Just to get your 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 mindset back in that positive uh, mindset. So, I, yeah. I meditated on perfect timing for like a year. Mm. Hey, bro! All all nip, all nip. Was meditation victory lap the the intro yeah the actual intro that was my song perfect timing as well too I I I, I like, really love that song it was like like I think like a four month period I listened to that every morning and like um, I had it on repeat for like two hours every morning that's how I started my day off but yeah maybe, uh, what's that payroll song what um. You don't even keep know. it no no have willpower have was, willpower yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was my song. Payroll Geo. Yeah. So we move to the next one, which is the mental stash intellectual tips. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Jesus Christ, I almost died. And uh man, you go ahead, bro. I'm dying right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could we could run through this real quick. All but right. um really, you know, over this journey I just learned how much I can learn and how fast I can learn. And I was able to really just master the learning process. For sure. Which is four stages. The first stage is unconscious incompetent, which is basically like you don't really know what you don't know. Mm. Conscious incompetent, like you know something, but you don't know everything about or You're aware of what you don't know. Yeah, you're aware of what you don't know. Consciously competent. So it's like, okay, I know a little bit about this. Mm. And then unconsciously competent is where you know something to the extent where it's, it's just like natural yeah. where and, how, and your ability to execute on that information. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think this journey just taught me how, how quick and how powerful our mind is mm -hmm. and that uh, the ability to pick up a skill, whether it's in a month, like the fact that I learned how to do AWS, become an a AWS cloud practitioner in like five weeks, mm -hmm. it's just like, Man, like the human mind is powerful. For sure. Um, as long as you have the discipline and you put in the time and the effort and you're willing to be uncomfortable and say, hey, I don't know. Anything. I don't know anything you're willing to learn. Yeah. Then you can do anything. For sure. On Jesus Christ. And next one. And the last, wait. So it's, spiritual. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. Uh, this one, I... <laughs> 
<laughs> this man Danny died over here. You good, bro? <laughs> Straight cut. Go ahead. <laughs> but this one, you know, I, I talked a lot about it on the last podcast when we spoke with HJT in, in terms of like uh, some of the developments I had over this journey, uh, especially along my faith. Um, and I just realized that, you know, I was like in terms of my relationship with God, I was like, man, I was, I would pray for the result. I'd be like, hey, God, handle the process. I want the prize and give me this prize. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't, of course, I want to do the work technically, but I didn't want to do all the work. I was like, all right, I want to do this part of the process. You handle the rest of the process and give me this 400K a year salary <laughs> or income or whatever, right? You know what I'm saying? Oh, you was drunk. <laughs> I'm I'm not saying that was my like prayers, but I'm just saying like an example, right? I just want to know what you was drinking. <laughs> Need a shot of that. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's over the process has evolved for me realizing like, hey, like the only control I have is over the process. Like mm-hmm. I don't have control over the results. The result. anything. Yeah. The results or anything. So it's like, man, just like I said, this year is me. My thing is I'm dedicated to the work. Yeah. So I'm just falling in love with the process and just doing the work. Yeah. That's what I'm about. I think it's good that you highlighted that you have to let go of your attachment to the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes when you're so attached to the outcome, that stops you from even doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you're gonna you're gonna you're going to consciously choose situations and opportunities where you feel as though you have a high probable chance of getting what you want and of winning. And I think you can't predict life. Mm-hmm. You can't predict everything that's gonna happen. Yeah. If you if you wanted to predict life in the best way possible, just sit in the crib, don't do nothing. <laughs> Facts. And even doing that is kind of dangerous because somebody could run up in your crib and mm-hmm. you're know saying now you got something to deal with. So yeah. you can't really predict life. And I think it's just good to not get held back by that attachment and that that false sense of control where you're trying to control something that you can't control. You feel me? So, yeah, I like that. Sure. And the final one mm-hmm. is the physical aspect. And it's kind of crazy, too. Because Tune just texted, we trying to hit the gym tonight. But the physical aspect, um, can you talk about the benefits that you receive from, you know what I'm saying, keeping your physical up throughout this 16-month journey? Yeah, so I'm going to get this quote from your man, Austin Cleon, My real boy. quick. I actually just read it this morning. For sure. Uh, so he said, using your body relaxes your mind. And when our mind gets relaxed, it opens up to having new thoughts. And essentially what he was saying is that, like, first, during the entrepreneurship journey, uh, your mind's always racing. You're never mm-hmm. off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if you want to take a day off, sometimes, like, you're so, like, man, I, I, I got to do this. I got to yeah. do that. I got to do this. Yeah. So, for me, going to the gym was a means of relaxation, mm-hmm. a means to kind of put my mind at ease from my obligations from work. And honestly, like the gym is where I had a lot of thoughts, one for like even articles and just writing. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of creativity for me personally came from out of the gym. Like I'm just working out, listening to a podcast and, you know, I'm listening to something. I'm like, hmm, okay. Ideas are bubbling. 
pull out my phone, write some things in my notes. Mm-hmm. So when I get back to the crib, you know what I'm saying? I can execute on that. For sure. So don't, like I know sometimes in, when people have an entrepreneurship, they get so consumed with doing and doing work that they neglect their health. Mm-hmm. But I would say it's an added benefit. Like go to the gym, whether it's going to the gym, running, exercising, doing some type of physical activity regularly. Personally, I would say uh, if you can do some of that alone uh, because it gives you the time to kind of think. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because like you get the benefit of working out and being able to clear your head and and think For on sure. your own. So yeah, that'll be my suggestion. Okay. So we have reached the end of this, and I will let you hit us with the conclusion, my good brother. Oh uh, man, I'm- you weren't ready. I'm good for real, for real. Oh, for real? Yeah, I mean, go ahead. I don't know if you have anything. Man, I was hoping you would have something so I had time to think. <laughs> I'm be honest. But, yeah. Um, overall, this episode, you feel me, comes from, what, two years? Two years? Year and a quarter? This or, episode yeah. comes from two years, okay. speaking to myself. Oh, my bad. And 16 months of, you know what I'm saying, trying our hand in this entrepreneurship game where you eat what you kill. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been a journey, to say the least. A lot of ups and downs. But I don't regret it, not one bit. Um, And this wasn't made to discourage anyone, you feel me? Or to put fear in anyone's heart if they are considering. It's just to sort of act like a checklist of, all right, we, you know what I'm saying? We support you. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you're doing, we support you. And we mm-hmm. want to see you win. But just do it properly. You know what I'm saying? That way you don't have to go through certain things that we had to experience and, you know what I'm saying, and push through and such. Because it was necessary, mm-hmm. but to a certain extent, there were situations that we created mm-hmm. by not doing everything properly along the way. For sure. And even prior to hopping in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my whole um, part in words. It's just, you know what I'm saying, we, we we support whatever y'all are doing. And sometimes nobody might even support you when you, you come up with an idea like, man, I want to build this business. I want to try and build this service or whoop, whoop, whoop. Mm-hmm. You might be, sometimes you're going to be the only person on your team that's going to support you. And that's okay. Because I feel like if you're not even okay with that, that truth, they're like, oh, man, it might just be me. You're not ready. Like, I see mm-hmm. people complain all the time, bro, crying. Mm-hmm. Like, man, nobody supports me. Nobody mm-hmm. is buying my stuff. Nobody is posting me. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> Just stop. Yeah, for sure. Because one thing I noticed, bro, that I hate about humans, but I'm human too, so I'll probably do it too, mm-hmm. um, is that we get so consumed with who is not supporting us or who's not in our corner so consumed that you become literally disrespectful to the people that are in your corner. Mm-hmm. Like it's disrespectful when somebody's going hard, pushing your stuff, mm-hmm. going hard supporting you, and you can't even reach out and say thank you. Yeah. But the people who don't, who not even paying attention, looking your way, yeah. they get all your energy because time mm-hmm. is energy, and you giving sure. them all your time and energy. 
and they don't even care. They're not even going to see that. Yeah. They're not going to see them tweets where you you throwing subliminals, crying like a little baby. Mm-hmm. They're not going to see none of that. So I think it's always good to just focus on who's in your corner, who's supporting you, who's, you know what I'm saying, pushing you, even if it's one person. Like, that one person is gold. Treat them like gold. Like, take good care of them. Because everyone started with just one. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Everybody that you see that's big, all the businesses you see that grew to whatever, when they started, their business accounts had zero at one point in time. They didn't, have, sure. they didn't bring no money in. You feel me? They wasn't grossing nothing. And they grew to be however big that they grew it to be. And you could do that too. And this comes from just like appreciating those who are supporting you, those who are shopping with you, those who are spending their money. Mm-hmm. Those who are doing your pre-orders, all that, and just like cut out that crybaby stuff, man. We are yeah. too old for that, for sure. and it's just it's just downright disrespectful to people who are supporting you and you know what I'm saying rooting for you. So yeah. focus on who roots for you, and focus on like building a great business or service or brand or whatever it is you're doing. Yeah, and it's crazy because I had had that convo with my little brother, right? Because you know he just started his brace of business. Yeah. Uh, Afro Bees by Josh. Yeah, interesting. And he was just, you know, everyone when they start something, their perception of the support they're gonna get, yeah, it's false. Because <laughs> you'd be like, man, I know all these people. Yeah, it's false, Why right? I feel like I don't know nobody. Yeah, yeah. So, and I told him, I was like, bro, like, I just had to have an honest conversation with him. Yeah. To let him like understand, I was like, bro, you know, one, not everyone who's your friend is your target audience mm-hmm. that's yes. one it shouldn't even be that two two you're still you're still like even though your stuff is nice mm-hmm. right you don't have a cool factor right now because yeah. people friends only sup- or not people outside of your target market or outside of like maybe your like close intimate circle, which yeah. is naturally gonna support you. Mm-hmm. They're only gonna support or post uh because post people think posting on Instagram, someone sharing your stuff, mm-hmm. it doesn't cost nothing. But it does. Yeah, it does. Because people post and share things that make them look cool. Mm-hmm. And make if them you look don't, good. Yeah, and make social them look good, currency. right? It's social currency. Yeah. So like if your thing is not cool yet. People are not going to share it. Mm-mm. And it makes them look uncool. It makes them look uncool. So I had to tell him, I was like, bro, it doesn't, until like big people are wearing your stuff or not big people, but like yeah. you have a certain amount of like, quote unquote, following. clout yeah. and following, people aren't going to be out here pushing your stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because you be okay with that. And it's, and I'm like, bro, that's, that's just. The way it goes. Facts. <laughs> it definitely so, is. So, I mean, it was kind of cool because, you know, I've been through that journey yeah, myself. Yeah, we, we've been through all them cycles. Yeah. <laughs> we started them cycles early, 2020, 2030. For sure, for sure, for sure. Trying to so, move stuff. Uh, it, it was cool to kind of like share, to have that moment with him and then mm-hmm. kind of like pick it up. Did he get it? Yeah, yeah. I think he's, he's starting to get it. I, it's never going to click immediately. Yeah, for sure. But, you know- we we talked on it for a little bit, and I kept like hitting him at different angles and different sides to like get him to understand, bro. Like, yeah, you gotta be on. You gotta be cool with you posting and no one showing support or no yeah. one like any of that. I was like, bro, like I, I this is a side note. Like I showed my cousin 
One of my cousins, she trying to start writing and stuff. Yeah. She posting blogs. I've been helping her. And the first thing I did, I showed her. I said, hey, I got articles with one view on it, on Medium. And I got articles with thousands of views on Medium. I don't really care. Because at the end of the day, like, it's just putting it out there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Job. Just create and let it go. Put it out there and create, let it go. If it blows up today, it blows up. And then I showed her, like, hey. Some of these articles, I had five views for like eight months, and then it blew up. Yeah, facts. You know what I mean? So it's just like, bro, just respect the time, and then you know, stop, stop worrying about other people and people not supporting you and all that type of stuff. Yeah, but because that crybaby stuff is disrespectful to people who are supporting you. And mm-hmm. more than likely, you're also pushing away people who want to come and check mm-hmm. you out and see what's up, right? Because if if you have like a trial pack that I could buy before purchasing your real thing, and you're, I, I pull up to like your business and I hear you complaining about people not supporting and copying the <laughs> trial pack and running off on you, mm-hmm. I might just walk away because I don't want to be a part of that population, you mm-hmm. know? So just like be conscious of the message yeah. you're putting out when you're complaining also, because mm-hmm. that could be hurting your business mm-hmm. and you might think that you're doing that to motivate people to support you. For sure. Because I'm going to come clean. There's some things that like some people I know who... Like they, you know what I'm saying? They put out product on Woody Woody Woop that I don't post because I haven't tried it out yet. Yeah, and that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's how I that's am also, too. Like, like if, like if when a, one of my friends is like making music or some, I'm going to check it out before I post it, right? Yeah. Because it could be trash, like you're saying. Yeah. Like, and it's okay if some people put out some stuff that's trash, that's trash. More yeah. than likely, I tell, I tell you, like, mm-hmm. hey, this wasn't that good. You could have did this to make it better with you. Woop. But yeah, like you're saying, like, that blind support, mm-hmm. you're not gonna get that from most people, and that's okay. Yeah. And it's like, bro, like for me, like I'm like, let's say it's a beauty product. Like I'm mm-hmm. not about to recommend like your skincare product. I never even use it. How yeah, am I gonna? Right. I, I don't feel authentic. You know what I'm saying? Sharing it. You feel me? So it's I like I can't speak on it. I gotta. I feel like I gotta. You gotta take the test. Yeah, sure, you know what I'm saying it gets you. What they say, glowing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then you I'll pop in like the organic bust down, face scrub, and. Facts. What's that other joint? I used to ask you, oh yeah, exfoliator. Uh, so- <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you good. But yeah, we done ran our time over. So, in conclusion, it's always good to, you know what I'm saying, do what you want to do. Um, it's always good to hop out of different games, to test different lanes. But it's also great to make sure that you're approaching it in the right way. So hopefully you're able to take some things from this survival guide going from corporate to entrepreneurship. Um, we did it on like a on a I would say like on a low scale. We ain't we ain't go too crazy in terms mm-hmm. of like our initial targets that we had set, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still enough for somebody who's thinking of trying it out, you feel me, to get some ideas of some things they're gonna run into. And ways to prepare and make sure that when they run into them, they're ready to fight against them. So we'd like to thank y'all for listening. Um, this was the episode about the article. Going back to corporate. My boy, <laughs> he was right on cue. And you know what I'm saying? Much love, appreciation, and respect to everybody who keeps listening and tuning in. And Balu Campaign, till next time, we're out. Oh, yeah.
sign up for our email subscription too i need y'all to go register for the emails we're gonna start shooting out exclusive content behind the scenes how we be coming up with the articles all that there i'll probably throw like a giveaway or something i just gotta figure out what i want to give away but yeah thank y'all and we out till next time